despite the calls that retail is dead, retailers are having a good holiday season and the outlook for retail in 2021 is quite bright. The consumer is in good shape and there's pent up demand. And I think when we compare how we started this year and the dismal outlook from COVID, I think we're ending the year in a very positive way. Hello, I'm Kathy Lenhart, co-head of the Global Consumer and Retail Group at PJ Solomon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PJ Solomon Presents. In this podcast series, PJ Solomon bankers and advisors share their latest thinking and insights across a broad range of sectors with a focus on sector trends, financing, and deal-making. Today, our podcast will focus on the topic of the retail sector and the 2020 holiday selling season obviously very relevant. Joining me to share his thoughts and perspectives is our senior advisor, Steve Sadoff. Given his impressive background, Steve is uniquely suited to address this topic. He served as chairman and CEO of Saks Inc. from 2007 to 2013. He's a founding partner of JW11 Partners, a private equity firm that invests in consumer and retail. He's a former chair of the NRF, that is the National Retail Federation, and he serves as advisor to MasterCard, sits on the boards of Colgate, Aramark, Movado, and Park Hotels. Thank you, Steve, for joining us today. Thanks, Kath, and it's a pleasure to be on the call with you. We're all following this holiday season very closely. We are seeing shopping trends shift dramatically as COVID continues to impact consumer spending and consumer behavior. In-store traffic is down, e-commerce sales are up as virus cases have increased, and we see things like major freight carriers such as UPS and FedEx capacity constraints. So how is this holiday season playing out and how have promotions played out? You know, I think this is a different retail holiday season than any of us have ever seen. And because of that, it's extremely difficult to forecast and understand, and it's had a lot more volatility than anyone would have thought. If I had to characterize it, it was an early season, meaning that the uh, consumer came early, the promotion started early. It's clearly a digital season. And the overall forecasts were hard to project. If you looked at the MasterCard uh, numbers for the holiday season, and I I define the holiday season as essentially early October until uh, through Christmas, and it kicked off probably around the 11th of October. You had the uh, Amazon Prime Day, and they had forecast through their spending pulse data, sales in the 2.4% growth type of range. And if you look at the NRF, they were forecasting growth in the 4 to 5% range. And one or two points in overall retail sales is a big difference. And I'll get into a little bit of how that's played out. But in context, when we were back in March, April, we were looking at retail sales down 11, 12%. And if anyone had told me that we were going to be seeing growth in the 2 to 5% range for the holiday season, I would have said they were uh, smoking something because I didn't really think the consumer was going to come back as quickly as they have. And it was relatively rapid. If, when you got to the May-June period, it was down, say, somewhere in the 4 or 5% range. By midsummer, it was flat. And starting around August, you started to see growth in the 4 to 5% overall retail sales growth. 
Now, having said that, there were clearly winners and losers in retail, and it's very relevant for the holiday season. It started off being the winners were in the needs versus wants. It was the big box retailers, the Walmart, Targets, Home Depot. And you saw that because they were open early in the season. They were big. They were safer. And a lot of stores were forced to be closed uh, either by government regulation or for safety reasons. And small retailers had a difficult time. And what's happened as we've come into the holiday season, much more retail has been open, although we're getting into situations of uh, lockdowns right now. But the consumer behavior has shown that the categories that they gravitated to early because of whether it was the nesting or staying at home type categories, grocery, home, uh, hardware, these were the winning categories early on, and they've continued to be the winning categories through the season. So specifically to your comment and question about the holiday season, I'm looking at holiday sales probably in the 3% type of range, but they all came early. So if you look at the month of October, you saw growth close to 6%. In the November period, similar 4, 5, 6% type of growth. But then if you looked at the first half of November, saw growth of close to 6%. Yet when you looked at the overall growth for the month of November, it was only in the uh, 3 to 4% uh, growth area. So what happened was all of it came early in the month of November. And again, because of the Prime Day and the promotions on the part of the competitors to Amazon, you got big spike in the month of October and started giving it back during that Thanksgiving period. So it used to be in the old days, Black Friday was the big kickoff to uh, the holiday season. Well, Black Friday essentially became irrelevant this year. And in fact, stores wanted the consumer to stay away because you didn't want to clog up the stores. So digital became much more important. Cyber Monday, in fact, became bigger in some ways than Black Friday. And the overall e-commerce component of retail has jumped from about 12% to 20%. So you have this big growth of digital. You have an earlier season. And in some ways, you're limping out of the season. So I think that and we don't have the hard data yet, but I think you clearly saw that the Thanksgiving weekend was weak. Anecdotally, I think the first couple of weeks of uh, December have been mixed. I've heard some decent numbers out of some retailers, digital continuing to perform well. But the store traffic, especially as the virus has run rampant around the country, store volume and traffic has been quite weak. So in aggregate, you're going to have a pretty good holiday season. Again, a 3% type, 2.5-3% growth, maybe it'll be better, will be an okay holiday season, but it's much more digital. It's more of the categories that I talked about. And even in categories that have been weak like apparel, there's a bifurcation between the athleisure and the stay-at-home comfy type of clothing versus more traditional fashion. So let's just start there as a summary of where things are. That's really helpful. When you think about how this holiday season is playing out and you talk about how it's elongated, I think it's a couple of factors. It's the fear of the virus, promotions going early to get customers in early, right, and not be so crowded. Two, online, think about what's happening there. You do have this notion of there's so much more volume that's shifted to online that FedEx 
and UPS and all these freight guys cannot keep up with the volume. So you even have to shop online earlier. Third, I think the retailers are scared and they don't want to be stuck with all this inventory. So they're promoting earlier to de-risk the season. Any comments and thoughts? I think your thoughts on all of those are right. You know, as we're taping this, we're uh, basically getting close to Christmas and the shipping companies are past their windows, essentially. And uh, you have a real clog in the system. And I don't think that, and we'll get into some of the forecasts for 21, I don't know that that's going to go away so quickly. So you do have a shipping issue. The retailers did want to get the promotions earlier, but you also had another phenomenon, which is that the retailers' inventory levels were very low coming into this holiday season. Remember, back in March, April was when they were ordering for the fall holiday season and the world was falling apart. Everyone was conserving cash and looking at a very weak consumer. So the amount of product that was ordered for the holiday season was much lower than you normally would see. So they're not only are they selling earlier in the season, there isn't that much product going around. So as you come to the end of the season, you're looking at relatively bare shelves of any of the hotter items. So part of the reason you're seeing some of the lighter sales uh, as we finish the season is there just isn't that much inventory. You have this uh, shipping problem, again, because you can't ship the amount of product from the digital side. You don't have as much uh, volume in stores. The consumers are staying away. So you're seeing a relatively muted end of the uh, holiday season. But it's actually a good thing from a margin perspective. I'm expecting that you're going to see some uh, very healthy uh, gross margins coming out of the retailers. Well, that would be good news. Let's talk about traffic this season. The data says half the people visited stores on Black Friday this year. What do you think generally in store traffic and conversion as we go into this holiday season? Well, I think you have a very weak traffic pattern. Uh, I see numbers that are down in the minus 20 to 30 percent. And I would anticipate that that's going to continue for uh, some period of time. They have done their research. And that's one of the reasons I'm hesitant to talk about digital sales versus in-store sales, because everything is merging with buy online, pick up in-store, pick up curbside. It's a digital transaction, yet it has a store component to it as well. So people are looking for safe, contactless uh, types of transactions, but the store is an integral part of it. So when even when we talk about traffic being down, 80% of commerce is still being done in a physical store. So you've got to recognize that it's both a store transaction as well as a digital transaction. I take your point on you know the fact that it's hard to separate digital from store. But so much of store purchasing has migrated online. But as you look at companies like Target, who sees digital demand from already available in stores as a significant portion of their of their sales because their stores are enabling this digital fulfillment. Talk about what the landscape looks like now and going forward, if you can. So what do digital sales mean and how are we going to measure them? Well, I I think digital is an integral component of the future. So mobile, digital, uh, the online experience has to be fully integrated with the store experience. And the winners are going to be the ones that do it well. I would think that most retailers, not all, are going to need a smaller footprint because the digital 
online piece is going to be so much bigger a portion of the total, yet it's not. It's saying that it, stores are still important. So there are a lot of implications for real estate. I would anticipate that you're going to see a lot of mall closures. We probably have 1,200 malls in the United States. I would expect over the next number of years, maybe a third of them will go away. You're going to have different kinds of mall formats. I'm a big believer in some of these mixed-use open-air types of malls where you have work, live, and play all together. So there's implications on rents on the high street when you have vacancies of 30 40% in places like Soho or Madison Avenue in New York. That's going to have to change the rent structures. Restaurants are going to have to reinvent themselves. But you're also going to see a renaissance of uh, these DTC companies that are going to be opening up stores. And I see pop-up stores uh, all over the place. I see small, what I call local retailers. And it's clear from attitudinal data that even though the big boxes are doing remarkably well, consumers still want to shop local. They want to shop with companies and uh, brands that they can affiliate with. And I see these local stores taking advantage of the Shopify's of the world and the technology to be able to start doing uh, DTC and digital experiences, even among a a store of uh, one or two uh, shops. So I see the digital becoming critical and integral to the entire experience. The democratization that Shopify and some of these other vendors have offered these smaller retail concepts, I think has given them a new lifeblood and it's been very important to continue to drive their retail sales in a time when consumers are less than interested in going into stores. What do you see e-commerce growth and penetration this holiday season? Can you put numbers around it for us? Well, if I look at this holiday season, it's probably going to be, if you look at it from total commerce, probably 20% of all retail sales will be done e-commerce, but it's going to vary dramatically. Uh, Categories like grocery, which were in the mid to low single digits, are now going to be in the higher single digits, but some a category like electronics may be 60% 60 plus on uh, digital uh, apparel, very high percentages are going to be uh, digital. If you look at the growth of digital, uh, you know, as I said earlier, it's gone from about 12 to 20. Early in the pandemic, digital had doubled from uh, where it was when everything was shut. Now, as stores have opened to some degree, you're looking at growth uh, over the last three, four months, probably in the 55 to 60 percent growth range year on year. Over the holiday season, I would expect it's probably going to be in the 30, 40, 50% growth rate, again, varying by category. It's beyond just the percentages. It's how consumers think. The consumer thinks digital first. And they go, they research. Whoever's going to research and buy a car without going online? Who's going to research an electronic item without going online and, and studying it? So it's no longer, I'll just walk into a store and browse and see what Best Buy has on the TVs. They're going to do their homework before they go in. I think as we look at the retailing landscape, COVID has accelerated the winners in this environment. And I think the winners have continued to be the mega corporate retailers, such as Walmart and Home Depot. But stepping back from that, who are the winners this holiday season? Retailers that focused on the at-home or the experience of a uh, COVID-related environment. So the hardware, the home, people are nesting, they want to fix their home up. All of those have been winning. Uh, So you look at some of the stocks, you you mentioned a few of them, or things like a Wayfair or restoration hardware. I mean, these have been 
massive home runs. In the apparel space, it's been the athleisure, the uh, Lululemons of the world, or the Crocs have done exceptionally well. But you're also starting to see some other trends during the holiday season, which are perhaps more surprising. So the high-end luxury players are starting to see uh, high-end jewelry, for example. High-end handbags have started to emerge. And these are early indicators of what you're going to probably see as we talk about going into 2021. Grocery has done well during the season. The ones that haven't done well are more of the uh, experiential going out, restaurants, travel, lodging. These are the categories that just nobody's doing right now. It will change and we'll get back to uh, different behaviors. But during this holiday season, it's followed the pattern that you saw earlier in the pandemic. The one thing that's interesting, there was a lot of skepticism that, well, maybe uh, as you went into the fall or the holiday season, people wouldn't go to the Targets and the Walmarts as much. But what's happened is that the consumer became very comfortable going in these stores. And they found that because they had the groceries there, for example, over time, they started saying, hey, Walmart or Target, they have decent apparel offerings. And so the uh, you've seen growth in the categories beyond the basics that have really helped accelerate the uh, growth of you know, Target showing numbers in the 20% growth rate over the third quarter and similarly with a Home Depot. Let's talk about how this can impact M&A going forward. There is going to be opportunity in the M&A markets. The equity markets have been very strong and sources of exit for businesses and private equity-owned businesses. Facts have been particularly active as there is significant liquidity. The equity markets, the IPO markets are open. How do you see M&A playing out next 24 months? Well, I think as we now start to see coming out of the other side of the pandemic and the consumer being out there and responsive, it's going to create opportunities for companies to accelerate their growth. And a number of the DTC companies are going to need growth capital. I I do think it's going to lead to uh, acquisitions by strategics, uh, SPACs, private equity uh, opportunities. And I think that uh, on the one side, that's for the growth side. But when you also have a lot of the losers, in a sense, uh, with the real real estate consolidation, a lot of the uh, uh, in-mall types of stores uh, are uh, consolidating or closing, I think that you're going to see a high transactional environment. And it's going to be driven by a lot of these winners versus the losers and the need to uh, redo the uh, business model for a number of companies. So I would expect it to be a heady market. Uh, valuations, uh, you know, I'm not great on valuations, but I, I think that for those growth DTC markets, uh, businesses that really are going to converge, what's happening in the world in a sense is that the brick and mortar companies have become more digital. And these di- digital DTC brands are finding that they have to open up more stores because that's where the consumer wants to shop. As you have that occurring, it's going to lead you to more m and think that's really helpful context. As an outtake of this environment, I do think we're going to see transaction activity. I think it will be partly consolidation. And, you know, when you think about what's driving businesses today, it's direct consumer. Global brands are winning where they're not dependent on particular markets. And it's also brands that are modern, relevant, and retailers that are modern, relevant, and embrace the values of their consumer. I think we're all cheering for a very 
positive rest of the holiday season and lead into 2021. Thank you for listening to this episode of PJ Solomon Presents. For more information on our firm and our capabilities, please visit our website at pjsolomon.com.